Ray and I have a guest with us. Everyone, meet Garth. Hey there. <laughs> so, Garth, what do you know about school psychologists? Um, only from what I've picked up on from you, Victoria. I know that there is uh, testing involved, whether the kids need IEPs or not. Um, and that could be if they might have a disability or are gifted. I know there's some counseling involved in it as well. And probably, I imagine, some education for students, parents, and teachers. And that's about it. <laughs> and, hey, I feel like that's a lot more than most. <laughs> so odds are most of you really haven't heard of a school psychologist unless you have had an IEP or a 504 plan while you were in school. Or maybe you were super smart and classified as a gifted student. And it's okay that you haven't heard of a school psychologist because today we're going to dive into a school district's greatest asset. School psychologists are a vital part of the school system and the most important reason why is because they are a child's biggest advocate within the school system. So you're probably wondering what in the world a school psychologist does that makes them so important. Let us tell you. School psychologists support a student's ability to learn and a teacher's ability to teach. They employ a vast knowledge in mental health, behavior, and learning that allows a child to exceed academically, socially, emotionally, and behaviorally. However, they don't do it alone. School psychologists are typically part of a team. They work with families, individuals, administrators, and outside agencies to provide the best possible support. School psychologists are trained in 10 practice model domains and six organizational principles. Domain one is your database decision making. A school psychologist will find that most of their work falls under this domain. This domain is essentially collecting data through observations, interviews, and academic or psychological testing when it comes to assessing an individual. However, school psychologists also work with groups and whole systems. Regardless of the problem, they ensure their decisions are backed by data. So I have quite a bit of experience with this domain because, as Victoria said, much of our work as school psychologists falls in this domain. Whether it be gathering data for special education eligibility, gathering data for a functional behavior assessment, and or behavior intervention plan, or... Even simpler, just gathering data to find out what interventions have or haven't worked for a particular student in order to develop a plan for their future. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So we'll move on to domain two, which is centered around consultation and collaboration. Being part of a team and investigating issues will naturally mean that you'll have to talk to people about the issues that you're experiencing. Say you're assessing a child's problem behavior, you'll naturally want to talk to the parents and teachers to understand what they are seeing and assess why the behavior is present. A good school psychologist has the skills to consult, collaborate, and communicate effectively with others. So, as Victoria said, it is important to be able to work in a collaborative way to do what is best for our students. An example that pops in my head regarding consultation is my functional behavior assessment from last semester. I was working to create a behavior intervention plan for a kindergarten student who was very disruptive and defiant in the classroom. 
In order to do this, I had to work in a collaborative manner with both his teachers and his parents to see what the function of his behavior might be. I also gathered a lot of background information through consulting with his parent and teacher, which helped me come up with a behavior intervention plan that would work best for this specific student. And then moving on to domain three, that's your academic interventions and instructional supports. Your first thought might jump to tutoring or other extra help with assignments, which is correct, but also just the tip of the iceberg. A school psychologist implements and evaluates services that support academic skill development in children. This could be providing tutoring services or including accommodations into a student's IEP. It would be designing a tier two intervention, which is small group instruction. And within domain three, I have a lot of experience with tutoring students, but this isn't always an option for school psychologists, especially if they're very busy. I do think tutoring is extremely beneficial for a lot of students and a great way to connect one-on-one with them. I also enjoy tutoring because you can see the growth firsthand. For example, I worked with a student who only read 85 words per minute on average at the start of the school year. I recently went back to see how many words per minute he can read now, and he is up to 112. Another experience I have within this domain is developing a transition plan for a high school student who was moving on to college. He was struggling to find a path in life that fit him, so I worked with another school psychologist to develop a plan that was unique for him. Moving into Domain 4, this focuses on mental and behavioral health services and interventions. As it sounds, school psychologists are experts when it comes to mental health and behavioral health. They help students become more resilient and provide the extra support a child needs. Through our program and our training, we have a lot of experience in this domain. I have counseled two students individually, and we worked on a variety of things. Most recently, I counseled a preschool student who was struggling with following directions given by authority figures. He would act out and throw tantrums when things didn't go his way. I love the growth I've seen with him throughout our sessions and how we were able to get to a point where he was able to control his tantrums and listen closely to instructions. I also have experience with group counseling, which is a whole new ball game. Um, group can be challenging because there are many different students, but it can be so rewarding to see their bond develop over time. And I attest to that as well. <laughs> Domain 5 is all about promoting learning through school-wide practices. This really means that a school psychologist is familiar with the systems implemented within schools that allow it to run efficiently. And Domain 5 is one that I don't have a lot of experience with yet, but I plan to work hard in the future, especially during my internship year, to promote school-wide practices that are needed in schools. Going on to Domain 6, this focuses on making schools safe and supportive. Think risk assessments and school assemblies about bullying. Those are just tiny bits of a larger puzzle, though. The NAS website says school psychologists promote preventive and responsive services that enhance learning, mental and behavioral health, and psychological and physical safety, and implement effective crisis prevention, protection, mitigation, response, and recovery. 
Last semester, I had the privilege of conducting a threat assessment alongside my mentor for a middle school student who was deemed a threat to the safety of other students in the school. He was put on homebound until he was assessed in order to see if his return to school would be the best option for him, as well as other students in the school. The results of the threat assessment revealed that it was not the best option for him to return to school, but I worked with my mentor to develop a plan for him that included transitioning him back to school after receiving individual counseling. Domain 7 is family, school, and community collaboration. So this essentially means that the school psychologist partners with families, schools, and the community to create the best outcome for the child. One thing that comes to mind immediately with Domain 7 is our thorough training on pride skills. This semester, I was able to train a parent on pride skills to help them better connect with their child which was such a rewarding experience for me. This particular parent was struggling to find ways to bond with their child, and they also had very limited time due to working so much. I provided her with my expertise and also gave her some great handouts and resources for her to rely on in the future. Domain 8 focuses on equitable practices for diverse student populations. Essentially, every single student is ensured equal opportunity regardless of that student's background. Above that, it means that the children benefit from these opportunities. A few weeks ago, I assessed a student who was essentially nonverbal. This experience highlighted the importance of equal opportunity for all students. Just because he was not able to express himself like other students does not mean he did not deserve the same opportunities. We were able to make him eligible for special education services, which I believe he will greatly benefit from. My practicum school also offers a classroom tailored specifically toward deaf and hard of hearing students. So I was given the chance to observe this classroom earlier this semester. And I was extremely thankful for this experience because it gave me great insight on how these students learn and what type of assistive devices and technology is used in that classroom to provide all of those students with equal opportunities. This school also provides interpreters who move from classroom to classroom as needed. The students are also all provided with six to eight weeks of American Sign Language instruction to help them communicate with their peers. Domain 9 is all about research and evidence-based practices. Essentially, we use tools that have been tested and are backed by research. So for this domain, um, I have worked side-by-side with another cohort member to develop a research study on mental health services, including suicide prevention and postvention, provided by school psychologists in the state of West Virginia. This has been a unique experience for me because we merged our two research topics together. Prior to merging them together, I was focusing on the broad topic of mental health services that we provide as school psychologists and how much time we are able to delegate to certain tasks. My partner was focusing on suicide and prevention. By merging them together, we were able to cover a lot more and I think the data we receive will be fantastic. We are now in the process of sending out our surveys to all West Virginia school psychologists. And that sounds great. I'd love to hear more about that. So finally, Domain 10 is all about ethics. 
School psychologists follow NASP guidelines and are held to a strict ethical code that ensures each psychologist is competent. I think we deal with the ethic and legal aspects of school psychology on a daily basis, sometimes without even realizing it. For example, I have students ask me all of the time, who else do you work with? Because they are curious if they know each other. I have to tell the students that just like what we talk about is confidential, what I talk about with other students also remains confidential. Another example I can provide in this domain is just staying up to date on those policies and regulations involved with working with school-aged children. So I know we probably lost you somewhere along the lines, but that's okay. NASP has all of the 10 domains outlined for you, and if you're curious and want to review it yourself, go ahead and go to their website. But now you know what a school psychologist is, and you know why they're so important. Let's talk more about how school psychologists advocate for children. Let's say that we have a child, Zoe. Zoe has been struggling in school for a while and doesn't make any progress, even with small group instruction. Zoe was referred to the school psychologist for testing, but maybe the parent doesn't want to sign the consent to have Zoe tested because they don't want Zoe to be placed into special education. The school psychologist would explain the benefit of testing Zoe and how, if they found anything, the only outcome would be for Zoe's benefit. Of course, as the parent, they have the right to say no to anything throughout the process, but it's the school psychologist's job to ensure that Zoe succeeds, whether that's talking to the parent to walk them through the whole process, to give them the information they need to sign the consent, or to develop more support for Zoe in her trouble areas if the parent continues to refuse. So let's talk about another example. There is a huge overrepresentation of minorities in special education, and factors include test bias, low socioeconomic status, poor general education instruction, and maybe teachers who aren't used to working with diverse children. For example, students who immigrated and are learning English as their second language are at a higher risk of being referred for special education. However, the only issue that the child might have is that they don't have a complete grasp on the language and naturally their academics are struggling. It is unfair to label a child as needing special education when that is simply not true. A school psychologist is responsible for advocating for that child and if they really need special education services or if the referral was the cause of a previously mentioned factor. For instance, I tutored one girl this past year and she repeatedly told me that sixth grade math was awful for her and that she didn't learn anything. It caused her to fall really behind in her seventh grade math class because she didn't have the skill set to build onto in the coming year. She was then referred for testing to see if she qualified for special education, and we found out that she didn't qualify, and this reflected that the knowledge she needed to succeed just wasn't there because of poor teaching in the past. It really is the job of the school psychologist to advocate for these children. That girl might not qualify for special education, but she was still struggling. Not meeting criteria doesn't mean that she keeps going on in school without support. Different plans are drafted and new supports are put into place. Because school psychologists are advocating for children, it truly is important that there 
are more of them. NASP says that for every 500 students, there should be one school psychologist, while the American School Counselor Association actually prefers a 1 to 250 ratio. Only 8% of all school districts within the United States meets this recommendation. 8%. And it is because there is a huge shortage of school psychologists. In 2021, NAS compiled data on the school psychologist to student ratio in eight states had a ratio where one school psychologist served more than 2,000 students. However, the majority of states' ratio was improving with only 18 states' ratios actually worsening. In order to really serve each child to maximum capacity, it is so important to have a smaller ratio, and it is so crucial to have more school psychologists. A school psychologist serves the child, families, and community. They strive to make lasting differences in a student's life, and it's really hard to do that if a school psychologist is overloaded with thousands of kids. So spread the word. Be a school psychologist. It's a job that makes a difference and a job that is so needed. 